Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rich. On this episode of My Take Radio, Behind the Mic, we sit down with the creator of the Renegade Strength Training Program and host of Renegade Radio, Jason Ferruja. Uh, this is a bit of a mark-out moment for me since I really enjoy listening to Renegade Radio, and I'm actually a fan of the Renegade Strength Training Program and Jason's uh, minimalistic approach to uh, training in general. So, again, this was a bit of a mark-out moment for me. So, I definitely had a blast. I, I tossed this interview in my top 10 um, just of interviews that I really enjoyed doing, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. My Take Radio Behind the Mic, Jason Ferruja starts right now. This is My Take Radio's Behind the Mic. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new installment of My Take Radio's Behind the Mic. Uh, we got a special guest this week on this episode, uh, Jay Ferruja. Some of you may know him from the Renegade Radio podcast. Others may know him for his work in the fitness community. Just a kick-ass dude. I started following his show um, as soon as it launched from episode one. And I want to share a lot of his story with you guys and some of his passions and some of his trials and tribulations in this brand new installment of Behind the Mic. What's going on, Jay? Thanks for taking the time to come on and hang out with us. What's up, man? Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So before we get into the meat and potatoes, of course, you just launched Renegade Radio. I think you're into the double digits episode-wise. I think you're 13 right now or 14 episode-wise. Yep. So um, a lot of people that they're going to want to check it out, obviously you're gonna they're going to find you on iTunes, but... Where can they get the full experience, the full Renegade Radio experience? Uh, so we do the whole thing. Uh, it's on Stitcher, and then we, all, we also put it up on my blog. We have a full uh, recap with bullet points, show notes, links, everything on my blog, which is jasonferugia.com, which is my name's hard to spell. So if you go to renegadefitness.com, it'll, it'll redirect you there. Awesome. So what, what got you getting into podcasting? I know you, you've been a longtime member of the, of the fitness community. I mean, I've read your work on T Nation. You know, I've, I've seen your stuff all over the place. I mean, one of the reasons I started following you was because of another guy who I started following, which is Nate Green. And oh, he, okay. Yeah, he shared one of your articles, and I was like, wow, this dude, he gets it. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't use the whole, and this is a term we like to use, bro science. He keeps ah. it as, as clear-cut and to the point as possible. I mean, nothing frustrates me, you know, as a gym rat, just uh, people overcomplicating things. So... With that said, you know, did you feel that this was going to be a better outlet just to deliver your message, just going into podcasting head first, basically? Yeah, you know, it wasn't necessarily that it was going to be a better outlet. It was just something new and something I was excited about. And uh, as much as I do like to write, I was, I was kind of just getting burnt out a little bit on writing just about fitness. So, and, you know, I, actually, when I, when I entered college, my degree was, my major was communications. And, uh, one of the two things I want to do is either direct films or be uh, um, a sports uh, a sports center anchor. Right. And uh, so, and I grew up listening to Howard Stern. I mean, I remember my dad driving me to school when I was God and whatever Howard started. Listening to him in the, in the early and mid '80s, right. and I've always been a huge Stern fan. So I said, "Let me take a crack at this." You know, it's something I always wanted to do. So. Um, uh, you know, and it wasn't a thing that I jumped into saying it's going to be an extension of my fitness business. I, I kind of just wanted it to be something new where we still talk about fitness, you know, right. but it's probably no more than a quarter of, of the topics discussed at, at, at most. So I wanted to explore some other avenues, talk about some of my other passions, uh, try to make it fun, make it funny, make it entertaining, branch out a little bit and, and, you know, see if it was something I could get good at. Just a new challenge, really, more than anything. Well, I like I liked in your first episode, which was as short, had no music, no bumpers, no nothing. It's like, hey. I'm going to launch this show. I'm going to, you know, shoot the shit with a lot of great people from different places. And you kind of laid the the foundation for the direction of, of the show as a whole. And I like it because, you know, you when when you got to to the episode with, with Alison Hagendorf, it's like, wow, you know, like it wasn't what I was expecting, because, like I said, it was very conversational, very uh, casual, like just a bunch of people sitting around shooting the shit, which was great. Because too many people try to have some sort of a structure, some sort of a format, and it becomes too, it gets a phony vibe. 
if you get Absolutely. what I'm saying. Well, I, I got to say, coming from you, I, I really appreciate that with someone who's got you know your experience and background in this because that's really what I was striving for. Is I, I just want people to feel like you know we're just sitting at a bar having a conversation. You're kind of just listening in like a fly on the wall. Yeah, I mean when the the Ryan Holiday interview kind of turned the corner, and I and I want to get into that because. Ryan Holiday, I, I actually came across his work because of uh, Tim Ferriss. And yeah. when you had him on for, for his book, I was like, wow, this is this is something nobody like you wouldn't hear from somebody on the regular, like talking about stoicism and the fact that you use <laughs> and you embrace some of those values. Like I'm listening to it and I, I listen to, to your your episodes on the way to work because my commute's about half hour. So I crank in half and then I get to the office and I finish the rest and I'm like. Holy cow, you know, like it was it was thought provoking, which is a rarity. Wow. Thanks, man. That yeah. means a lot. That, that's that's definitely what we're going for. So to get that kind of feedback is validating. Well, the one thing I did want to get into with that is that being being involved in, in, in the fitness community and just being out there training and and, you know, sharing the, the renegade training program when you decided, hey, I'm going to go this route. What was the general consensus? How did people react when you said, hey, I'm going to jump into into podcasting well how'd that work out for you like initially because you know i'm sure you ran it by a few people first yeah so basically when i said it at first everybody was cool with it but then when i said it wasn't going to be a fitness deal and you know we're gonna have people like ryan holiday and you know i i love to have rock kim and big daddy kane on and stuff like that you know totally uh for anyone who's not listening those old, old school old school rappers i grew up listening to but um for anybody who's not listening i mean for anyone who doesn't know who they are but um but yeah, so initially people thought I was just going to take my writing and just talk it, you know? Right. Just the whole fitness deal. But I said, no, 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 not, not even close. I want to go in a totally different direction. And then a lot of people were like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Your whole audience <laughs> knows you and, and, and respects you and likes what you have to say because of your fitness info, you know? They don't want to hear what you have to say about other things. And I said, well, whatever. I'm going to take the risk, you know? I, I got to do d- different things. I've been talking about fitness every single day since 1994. I, I got to talk about some other things. Well, on the, on the subject of that, did you feel that the presentation of fitness now between social media and blogging and just a thousand and one different sites, do you feel that even that message has become kind of muddied because there's so many different ways to consume information now? Yes, absolutely. You know, it, all this stuff's been driving me, I won't say out of the fitness industry, but it, it's been really just, it's hard for me to be a part of it. Like, all the overthinking and just a tons of information and people arguing with each other all day. Right. A lot of hate. A lot of a hate. A lot of hate. Bodybuilding.com is hate central. <laughs> oh, is it? I, I, I haven't been on oh, there God knows how long. Oh, it's bad. I remember when I was, uh, uh, I mean, I, I turned 34 on Wednesday and I remember jumping. Thank you. I remember jumping into, um, you, you know, I started, I started training when I was, 13 14 my mom bought me a home gym with like the bands with like the rubber bands and <laughs> yeah. um that's how she started you know i was the, i was a short chubby kid and then that's that's kind of how it was and um the funny thing is the first place when i started getting into high school that everybody's like oh you gotta go to bodybuilding.com and i go into the forums and it was just like just undiscovered country of insanity yeah you know and then you like anything else you start guinea pigging yourself because you start reading what x guy is saying y guy is saying and it wasn't until I reached my 20s where I kind of just started, you know, stripping away what you had said, stripping away the non-essential. Right, right, And just right. just going back to basics. And now it's it's exactly that. Like, now I just have an RSS subscription, an RSS subscription for you, uh, the articles from T Nation, and um, Nate Green's stuff. And that's pretty, and, you know, Tim Ferriss and some of those guys. And that's as basic as it gets because the information is so much and there's so much confusion out there. And like you said, so much animosity like you can't even say hey i like to train you know 555 five, five. Ooh, 555 five, five sucks dude you gotta go <laughs> yeah. maximum volume it's like all right okay and that i it, it's it really is insanity especially when i was like trying to master and and get a grip on supplementation it was it was insane yep yeah you know you hit the nail on the head that's what started driving me nuts and and pushing me to want to do other things and, and get away from the fitness yep. industry a little bit you know i want to help people but now it seems that People are just bitter and they're arguing all the time. And, and, and I don't know. I just didn't want to even add to the noise. Like there's so much noise and distraction. It was just getting harder and harder to get my message out. And, and just I felt like I was 
I don't want to feel like I was being a part of the problem, but I don't know. It's hard to describe, but well, that, that's the that's the thing. And then the the problem is that there's you feel that you're a leading authority in the field, and then you say to yourself, "Hey, I'm going to seek out guys that are smarter than me." And then the minute you deviate from your teachings just to try and embrace something new, people give you shit for that as well. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like you're trying to expand your horizons because it's like, yeah, I can be the best at something, but I'm not the smartest guy in the room. Right. Well, that's my, that's my goal. It's funny. I was having this conversation with a friend earlier, and I said my goal is to never be the smartest guy right. in the room. It's always to be the dumbest guy in the room. So I'm always learning. Right. It's true. You can't. You can't be. You can't be that guy because you know what happens when you become that guy. People think you're an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, it's like I read some of the, some of the. I used to read a lot of, like I said, a lot of the other stuff that people would put out. I'm like, wow, this is just like a lot of just self indulgent, you know, masturbation. It's like, all right, this is great. You know, yeah. I'm I, the, the, my word is law, and it just it didn't work that way. Now, now that I'm in my 30s, like my training is more simplistic, my eating yeah. is more simplistic. There's no more. It's funny. Everybody kind of goes through that, right? Where yeah. we, we do all the complicated bullshit, mm-hmm. and then you realize that simple works best. Well, the the one thing with that, and, and you know, it's it's kind of going back to the mantra of of how you're you're doing the show now. The the simplicity really just makes you more productive, don't you think? Because think about it. It's like you go, you turn on the mic, you got your guest, you bang in, you bang out, and you go about your business. It's not it's not so much insanity, you know. Like I think you've you've really mastered overcomplication. You're like you've mastered not having to have that run your life, which is great. Thanks, man. Yeah, that, that's been a huge goal for me and uh, something that I, I work out every day and, and have worked at for, for years now. And uh, I do feel like I'm getting there. I feel like I'm getting a grip. Uh, but, you know, you, you can't master it. I mean, it's something you're always going to struggle with. But, um, but yeah, I mean, go, going back to training for a second here, though, it's, it's like everybody's stressed out. Everybody's busy. Everybody has a million things on mm-hmm. their to-do list. They're, you know, you have your work and your relationships. So all these guys arguing about the you know an angle or a percentage-based program or whatever you're not help that only applies to yep. maybe 0.3 percent of the population of those guys who want to go on bodybuilding.com and argue all yep. day everyone else most busy successful people don't have that time they just need a simple plan to follow for diet and for exercise and that's, that's it, it you know so if you really want to help people you simplify it i used to when when i used to be uh, a desk jockey in a bigger office before I got moved to a smaller office. They were like, oh, Rich, you know, can you write a column about about fitness so we could put in our employee newsletter? And I was like, oh, this is just a bad idea. <laughs> and I um, I opened the column with, you know, I opened the, the, the post with pretty much the easiest answer. If you don't want to be fat is stop eating shit. Like that was it. And then I said, here I, I'm, I said I I broke it down. I think it was ten things. Number one, drink a shitload of water. Number yeah. two, meat, vegetables, small amount of starches. Right. You know the occasional fruit. Yep. Don't rely on soda. Like and, and people were like, really? That's it? I'm like, did you think it was any more complex <laughs> than yeah. that? And you know it, it's the same thing. These guys talking about, yeah, man, I started taking this supplement or, or uh, women, a lot of a lot of ladies in my office used to be, remember when the alley craze came out, those alley pills? I don't even remember that. They used to sell up, they sell them in, in Rite Aid, it's A-L-L-I, and it's, um, you take it, and what it would do is it would find a way to, to block, like, the fats that your body would absorb. So ah, these, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the side effects were oily shit right, and incontinence. Right, right, right. And I said, you really, you really want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's the kind of stuff. So, it, you know, the, the simplicity of just the, the day to day, even, even in terms of business and entrepreneurship, you know, you're, you're, you've created the renegade brand that I bet you, you worked 20 times as hard when you started. And now it's, it's to the point where you do less. I mean, I remember you were saying you were trying to look at the phone less and you were just trying to become more focused on what's outside of of the everyday. Yeah, and, and that that's something I do all the time. Is probably once a week I'll sit down with a notebook and look at the things I'm doing, and you know I'll say what's really important to me, what's what's essential that I do, what should I be delegating. Uh, and, and sometimes I'll realize that I'm delegating stuff that really doesn't even do shit. I'm just delegating it to delegate it because right. I have people that are, are working for me or that maybe I, sh- I feel like, oh, I, I should be doing that. I should hire someone to do that. And then when I look at what it's done over the last three or four months, it's nothing. So 
I do try to stay on top of that stuff as much as possible and say, you know, let's cut this, let's cut that. Uh, I, I always force myself to do less, you know, to answer fewer emails, to, um, to be less available for things because, you know, you don't want to be selfish and, and, and you want to give back and you want to, you know, certainly people helped me out when I was just starting out. So you want to do things like that. But, but you also have to realize what is your big end goal and, and mine is helping more people and doing meaningful work. And if I'm sitting there replying to every single blog comment or every email or managing every aspect of the business, I'll just do that all day. And maybe a lot of people might think I'm a nice guy, but I, I can't really help and reach more people. And you also, my, my personally, my life suffers. So Yep, you can't save everybody. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Well, I want to I wanna kind of travel back a little bit. And, you know, you've been doing this a long time. When... When did you kind of turn the corner and decide that I want to do, you know, be involved in the fitness industry as a career path? Like, what was the moment of clarity for you with that? Because some people it's just like, oh, you know, somebody said I should, I, you know, I should be getting paid for this. And then I ran with the ball. Like, what, what, what was your story with that? Actually, it was, it was from day one. I, what I, you know, I started training when I was, I think, 12 or 13. And uh, by the time I was 19, it, throughout my teens I had worked uh, manual labor jobs all the time and right. but really my first real job w was this I mean I, I started doing this uh, what happened was I got sick I, I was in school and some foreign exchange students had, had uh, tuberculosis and I caught it wow and I, al I almost died the, the doctor actually said if I didn't get to his office that day and have my lungs drained in the emergency room I, my, my lungs would have filled up and I would have drowned the next day Ooh. so um Anyway, I had to be home. I had to take the semester off. I had to be home. I had to be on uh, like 30 different pills for a year. It was crazy. But during that time, you know, I've been training probably six, seven years and, and I was a skinny kid and I, I was really obsessed with training by that point. So I started reading everything I could while I was home. I got a certification. I was ordering every video I could. Back then, you could only really get things out of, uh, I think it was out of, out of the back of Iron Man magazine or mm -hmm. something, you know. So I got all that kind of stuff, got the certifications and I started training people that summer and that was the first summer since I was 13 that I wasn't doing manual labor all summer. I was doing half, uh, you know, and I had bought a power washer and I was power washing people's houses and decks and stuff like that. But I started training people. And by the middle of the summer, I had such a full roster of, of training clients. I, I finally stopped doing the power washing and the, and the manual labor stuff that I've been doing for so long. I was training people that summer. And it was just, I really didn't know anything about business. And it was years before I even read a business book. But somehow I was just good at it, and I was I was building up a clientele rather quickly. You know, I just I I guess gen, generally uh, I've always been good at just you know relating to people, right. and uh, that was the one the one gift I had. And so I built up a a business that by the time September rolled around or late August and it was time to go back to school, I was making so much money that I I had to transfer back home. Wow! I was I was going to school at Arizona State at the time. I said I, I can't turn down this income. Uh, you know, things are going so well and it's growing weekly. So I, so I transferred back home and, and continued to grow the business while I was still going to school again that, that semester in the fall. And then that, that was just it. It just, it just continued to grow from there. That's tremendous. What was your, your first official writing gig outside of your own, your own site? Uh, that's a tough one. I think I got some stuff on elite FTS. I had, I become friendly with Dave Tate, right. uh, and then Jim Wendler, and then uh, I think I'm pretty sure that was first before Men's Fitness. But I know Alan Cosgrove, who's a longtime good friend of me, got me into Men's Fitness the first time, and uh, those were both right around the same time. I, I can't say for sure which one was first, though. Do you feel at that at that point when you jumped in that more people were were becoming? I, I kind of want to say more more physically and more health conscious because i kind of feel during the 2000s everybody just kind of i don't want to say they jumped on the fitness bandwagon but it was a point where you'd mention like a name like ronnie coleman and more people knew who ronnie coleman was yeah that's versus true. versus in the 90s like when, when i was in high school you know you'd be there and you'd open up like a muscle fitness everybody what the hell is that what are you reading <laughs> You know, yeah, that, that, that's true. Well, you know, to an extent, every, everybody kind of knew the mainstream stuff. But what, what excited me at that time was that I was one of the only people I knew of. And again, because the, the Internet was still kind of new and, and, you know, you didn't have all this exposure to all what everyone on the planet was doing at that time. So when I was writing about stuff and the strongman training that we were doing, 
we had sleds and tires and, and, and did all that kind of stuff back in the mid-90s. So when I was writing about that, and I, even though people knew Ronnie Coleman and whatnot, it still seemed like most people weren't doing squats and deadlifts. You went into a gym, everyone was still kind of using the machines and yep. whatnot. So that was exciting to me. This, the stuff that we were doing at the time was so unique. And that's another thing that kind of bored me a little bit with the fitness industry the last couple of years is now everybody does that. Like everybody and their mother does CrossFit and does Olympic lifts and flips yep. tires. So it was, it was cool when it, when it – you know, I'm sure I wasn't the only one. But in my mind, I was the only one at the time was doing that kind of stuff back in, in, in the late 90s. And, and, and I was certainly one of the only people that was, that was writing about it all the time. Right. And, and and now it's just it's so commonplace that it, it you know for me I always like to be doing something different and uh, you know I would just always I, I can't do what everybody else is doing so how did you how did you approach your your everyday being the the kind of like like the fit friend did you start gravitating towards people that were in the same niche as you and again cutting out the unessential because nothing is more annoying that you know you go out with somebody and. You know, you got a couple of your boys and whatnot, and then it's always the same thing. Hey, what do I do about this? How do I? It, it's like, can we just hang out? You know what I mean? Can we just shoot the shit? Like, like I don't want to worry about can you eat this hamburger or not. Like, I don't want to have that conversation. How did you? How did you strip away that? Because that becomes something too. When people start seeing you as a resource, it becomes, hey, can you come help me move this couch? You know? Right, right, right. Well, Rich, actually, I was lucky in that all my close friends all train, and they all kind of watch what they eat. What they eat. So awesome! I, I was always kind of blessed with that. But you know, you know the deal when you go to a party. Yep. People be asking you all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I just need to lose this ten pounds. Yep. Or what should I do? And they really had no idea what what my training philosophy was or, or what I do. And they would start asking me about Zumba classes and. Uh, <laughs> You know, doing the uh, the elliptical and all this, and uh, you know, crazy fad diets that yep. whoever, whoever the Kim Kardashian was back yep. in those days, they would say they were doing. And I was just there, you know, like a deer in the headlights. I really didn't know what to say. Yep. Um, nowadays, I just lie. I tell <laughs> you know, I tell I don't even mention that I'm in the fitness industry. I just tell them That's something good. completely different. I started doing that actually a few years back, but um. And then, I, and then I finally just started telling people that I don't know the first thing about training females, <laughs> but you know, because girls would always come up to me at parties and ask me that kind of stuff. And the thing was, like you said, when you wrote the article for the office, they didn't want to hear what I had to say. Yep. They had their opinion and their answer already in their mind, and they just wanted me to validate it yep. for them. It's like, oh my is, god, lifting weights! I can't yeah, do that. Yeah. I'm gonna become, I'd become bulky. Like, like, I nothing used to annoy me. Right. More than, oh, I'm going to become bulky. I'm going to turn into China. You know, because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. is it going to make me turn into China? No, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Right. Like, right. just just listen, squats, deadlifts. Don't be scared. You'll be all right. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's tough. Sometimes they don't want to hear it. So yep. I would just say, honestly, I specialize <laughs> in training athletes or I specialize in training guys. I don't, I don't handle females. So I don't know what to tell you. Well, with, with, with that said, and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. How did you transition from training people just, you know, that would come across your work or would seek you out and going into, you know, more higher caliber training, you know, working with athletes? Like, how was the first experience kind of dipping into that? I'm sure when you were when you first started out, you had probably, you know, collegiate athletes, things like that. But when you started getting more into into deeper training waters, how did how did that how did that transition come about? Well, initially when I, when I was like like I told you before, when I was nineteen, I was going to school. My first client was just a friend of my dad's, and then uh, who was my dad's age at the time? Must have been in his early, uh, maybe late forties, I guess. And uh, <clears throat> so I had a bunch of those guys. That that was my 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 first client. Uh, my first probably eight or ten clients, and then even, I'd say that probably lasted for a good year or so. And then finally, my first athlete client was a friend of mine named Mike Schwab, who to this day is still a good friend of mine. I was just at his wedding a couple yep. months ago. And um, Mike was a great football player and wrestler. And I started training him in eighth grade. Wow. And then <laughs> back in those days, group everybody does group training now. Yep. But back in those days, nobody did group training. There was one-on-one personal training. So Absolutely. I started training Mike one-on-one. And his dad had the money to afford it. But you know, I trained Mike for a few months. And he said, uh, my friend Chris wants to come in. And both of them could afford it. But I figured, you know, I was loving it, and then uh, they rec- they referred somebody else in, and I was saying, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to train athletes, but how many 
local high school kids and college kids when they're home for summer are going to be able to afford to pay me 800 bucks a month. I said, probably not too many. And right now, all I want is experience. So it, again, in my mind, I kind of invented group training, not by any you know stroke of, of business genius. I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I said, let me just cut this in half. And then for some reason, I just knocked 50 bucks off it. So I said, the student athlete rate is 350 a month. And within a year, I had 55 kids coming in. Wow. Uh, after school, I mean, it was just a mob scene in there. And, uh, that was, again, at that time, I didn't know a single person that was doing anything but one-on-one training. So that, that was how I got going with the athletes. And then we got to the point where we had uh, a ton of minor league baseball players coming in and it was just a blast. It, it was a really fun time. And, uh, and now I forget your initial question, but, uh, well, the, just the, the, the transition for that, like now, like now you're saying you started getting the, the college kids in and and things like that and then now that you're you're more well recognized you're dealing with a, a high not a higher end clientele but just clients that have the the means to maintain the the lifestyle that you that you give them versus college students that's what i mean like how was that transition like a college kid you tell them hey you know eat this and this and this maybe a protein powder they get it but then when yeah. you reach that upper level and you're dealing with people that they kind of feel they know everything how do you how do you change that mentality to address those people? Do you just try to avoid dealing with them or do you just want to deal with the people that are hungry and seek you out? Yeah. At this point, it would be really hard for me to argue with people or convince. I'm not going to convince anyone. I'm right. not going to sell myself to anyone. Uh, and I definitely had to do that. I, I know what you're saying. I had to do that back in the day. Right. And it was always challenging and, and it was always uncomfortable and it was always something that I didn't want to do, but I knew I had to do it to grow the business and whatnot. But Nowadays, I just wouldn't do it. And if I could go back or if I could give advice to someone who's coming up, I would definitely say if you know a client is going to be a challenge always, and because I had some clients that were challenges for years until I finally got the balls to fire them, uh, don't accept them. them. You're you're never going to be ultra successful unless you're working with people that really jive with you and and, and really do what you're going to tell them to do and, and aren't arguing. They really buy into the system. So I, I think that's hugely important. I mean, in, in anything you do, if you have clients or customers that are paying the ass, get rid of them. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because I think one of the, you know, now now that I'm kind of trying to turn what I do into more of a business and, and try and sit back and do this instead of, you know, being a desk jockey, I, it was, I remember Tim Ferriss said in a book, he was like, yeah, you got to fire your customer. And I'm like, what? And I realized that. <laughs> so true. I realized that, yep, that's it. I mean, I used to. I, I, there are times when I've gone on air and I take my listeners to task because they'll be the first guys that, hey, man, you didn't put out this week's episode yet. And it's like, yeah, because I have a real life and shit <laughs> and, and, and things that there I have to pay the currency of time. Right. You know, and, the, and, and shit costs money and it takes effort and people don't want to hear that. But sometimes sometimes you got to tell them, like, I went on air one day and I was Ooh. like, listen, if you don't want to listen dude hit unsubscribe like i don't give a shit (laughs) i I go on air from 11 p.m to 2 a.m in the summertime where 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 i record from becomes 100 degrees you know what i mean it's like yeah like i don't need it and it just it hadn't sunk in for me so i love that you say that that you gotta fire them yeah absolutely so i want to switch gears a little bit i know you know you you were talking about just um relationships and 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 how people and I, and I heard this on, on one of your shows, how people just you you gravitate towards the same people that are going to build you up. I know, you know, you, you got married and I wanted to ask, how's how are you with regards to to that? Just bringing someone into your life and then you bring them into this crazy world that they may not be familiar with. How did you approach that just on, you know, uh, on the strength of some people? It breaks them. You mean uh People in general, or specific yeah. to my wife, or yeah, specific to your wife. Like how? Do, because the, you know what it is. Nobody ever understands the struggles except those closest. Exactly. Yeah. And and the thing is, I've always been um, a risk taker. I've, I've always been kind of rebellious. I've I've always done my own thing. And, and I know and understand that a lot of people aren't like that. Right. And you know, my wife and I are, are very similar in a lot of ways, and, and very different in a lot of ways. And I think that's a good thing because. If I had two of me in the same house, it would just be, uh, you know, <laughs> World, be World War Three. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think that's good. But it's um, I, I think the biggest thing for me and I, and I had this recently w- with another friend of mine who's actually also a female. 
Well, well more, more than one occasion, actually. But the biggest thing for me is, is not to, I guess, uh, judge them or kind of get down too early. Because like, if someone says they want to do something, I will get so fired up and so passionate. And I'll come up with a million ideas. And, and that's always a challenge, too. Because anytime you're trying to help someone or teach something, something, some, something to them, you don't want to give them everything at once because then you really don't teach them anything. You, right. know, you just overwhelm them and bewilder them. So I have a million ideas. No matter what you come to me and say, I want to do or I want to monetize this or I want to get better at this, I'll get excited and I'll start just, you know, I'll fill up a notebook with ideas. But if I see you starting to glaze over and you're starting to say things that I know you're not going to take action, uh, that's the biggest challenge for me is not to kind of get down on people and start to judge yep. them and, you know, Oh, I'm guilty uh, of that shit, dude. Don't yeah. <laughs> do not feel bad. I am guilty. You give them the information, then you don't see them doing it. You're like, oh, you're a fucking moron. And exactly. You don't want to tell them that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Um, but certainly, most people, when, when you know, when they come into my situation or you know my, my home or whatever, maybe they're not used to because I'm a Jekyll and Hyde. Like if I'm out at a bar. I mean, I'll be Chevy chasing it up, and, and you would never, you might never think that I work at all. You might think that I'm, the, I'm the ultimate slacker, you know. But then when it's grind time, like, don't talk to me, don't bother me, don't look at me. There's shit that needs to get done. I'm a completely different person. Right. And then as soon as I turn it off, I could flip a switch, and I'm back to doing, you know, silly Will Smith dumb dances and whatever. But if, if people just need to understand that. And my wife totally understands me in, in, in ways that most people never have and totally gets it like she knows when when i'm on she knows when i'm off she knows that uh during the day i'm, I'm super high energy and then there's just a time at night when i crash and i am just a zombie like i can't even have a conversation i, I can't <laughs> say a word i just nod my head yes and no right um but you know I, i've been lucky i have an amazing relationship and we just have a, a great understanding and I, I think that's you know one of the things is chris rock always dates about always jokes about how when you go out on a date you're, you're, I think it's Chris Rock. You're sending your representative, and it's not really you. Yep. And I've uh, heard that. Yep, it's true. Y- you have to be yourself from day one. So if you have weird habits, you have to show them from day one. Yep. If you have bad mood swings, you have to show them from day one. Just everything about you, you know, you have to expose. I mean, sure, you're going to be on your best behavior, but let them know. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. I mean, unless you're just going out and trying to get laid, sure, right. then do whatever you want. Do your best Robert De Niro act, but. Uh, if you're trying to develop a serious relationship, you got to let everyone let them see everything from day one. I agree. I mean, you, you know, it, it's funny you bring that up because it's like when you get into this this grind of of just entrepreneurship, hustling, trying to be trying to be better and not having to answer to anybody. The people that are closest to you are probably the most essential people for your success. Like people don't get it. Like when you run an idea by somebody and you go, oh, what do you think? It's like, listen, what you say may make or break my future. You may not know that. <laughs> yeah. But the reason I'm asking you is because, you know, and that's why that's why I wanted to bring that to you, because I'm sure, you know, you brought any, the ideas by by your wife or by some of your close friends. And and you want to know this stuff because it's like to you, you may think, holy shit, this is a life changing idea. And your wife may be like, did you think of this, this and this? Yeah. And you're like, damn, no. <laughs> you know, And that's that's what I mean. Like, people don't understand that that niche of of just a support system because it makes or breaks success and, and the people who can cripple you like that the most are the people who are closest to you like yep. my mom or yeah I, I don't speak to my dad anymore but i remember he could just crush an idea and i would be down and out for weeks about it you know and but i got to the point too where quite honestly sometimes if i think it's a good idea i have the confidence in myself and my success and my track record now where sometimes i don't ask anybody it's just boom execute we're going with it nice i i one, I remember one a blog post you put out. Um, I think I think it was sixty five uh, tips for happiness or sixty seven. It was it was a weird number. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. um, two two things that two things that jumped out are the your Tyler Durden quote because I love Fight Club and don't fall into the busy trap. Yeah, which sure. which when I read that I said shit I'm a hundred and ten percent guilty of that, and it was an eye opener because. Again, you know, you you try and seek out people who understand your hustle. That's why that's why you and I are speaking, <laughs> because it's like, yeah. you know, I looked. And I'm like, well, damn, I'm guilty of falling into the busy trap because it used to be I'd I'd wake up, I'd go to work, I'd come home, 
I'd eat dinner with my wife, and then I'd go in front of the computer, write blog posts, edit audio, look for video, try and find stuff to to put on the site, et cetera, et cetera. And then I realized, yo, I'm doing this every day. And there's less time, you know, like like I'd go and lay down at 3 a.m. to go to bed, and that would be it. Like my wife would see me for 20 minutes yep. when I got home. And I really, you know, it was, it was an eye opener because I didn't realize that other people were viewing it that way besides me. You know, you always find kindred spirits. Absolutely. And, and, and we wear that in America. We wear that as a badge of honor, how yep. busy you are. You're always grinding. You're always hustling. And you always say you're too busy for things. And I said that for years, but I really think we're lying to ourselves because was I really too busy to take up this new hobby? Am I really too busy to meet you for lunch or, or you know, meet friends for dinner? Am I, am I too busy to do this? It's really poor time management. You know, like if, if right. you're working all the time, you're just not working right. Right. You, know, you got shitty work habits. Like That's if, right. Tell, telling someone that you work all the time is not something to brag about. It means nope. you suck. That's what it really means. Yeah, and but- I did that all the time. So I'm not, I'm not making fun of people. I've been there. Believe me. I'm making fun of myself. I did the same thing. And then I don't know how. Just one day I realized what a sham it was. And I wasn't too busy to do any of that stuff. I just had poor time management. And my productivity was horrible. And once I fixed those two things, all of a sudden I had way more time. I could I could have lunch with friends every day of the week if I wanted. I, I could take surf lessons and guitar lessons and do this and do that and read more books and spend more time with my wife. You know, it was it was just a lie, and I finally realized so many things that I was lying to myself about, and then I took the steps to fix them all. Well, while while on the subject of that, what's your what versus when you first started out and now? Like, how did you how does your typical day running your brand? brand you know pan out like what's a regular day for you so i'm super regimented about my morning and i can't break it up if almost for anything i mean unless there's a crazy opportunity if eddie vetter calls and says let's have <laughs> coffee i'll say absolutely but right for the most part people know i'm not doing anything before 11 a.m because that's my most productive time and i have a set schedule and i need that routine okay so basically, I get up, I meditate, I read. I, I used to get right to work first, but that doesn't work for, for me as well anymore. So I found that reading works better for me. So I'll make the coffee, I'll sit down, I'll read. I read for at least a half hour. I try to read <clears throat> a book a week minimum. So I'll read for at least a half hour, and then usually I read again two, two hours at night. But that's not really planned. That's usually just sitting on the couch hanging out. But right. I always read for a half hour, and then I have a... I write in a gratitude journal. You know, I just write some some things and people that I'm thankful for, and that actually makes a huge difference to me. I write a um, I write a thank you note, a personal thank you note to people each yep. day. Yeah, I heard and, about uh, that. I like that. That makes a huge difference as well. And then and then I have time that I need to work on. Uh, you know, there's a few different aspects aspects of the business that I need to work on. Years ago, maybe it was. 20 things that I narrowed it down to 10 and five. Now there's really maybe three things that I really need to do. So, you know, I'll, and I have those in order. I prioritize those. So I'll definitely write first and foremost. I, tr- I always want to write 500 words a day. Okay. So I'll do that and then I'll move on to my next thing and then my next thing. And then I, ha- I use an app called uh, Self Control on my Mac, which only allows me to open email and, and social media and, uh, payment processing sites and whatnot to check stats only a certain amount of time each day. So I only allow those to open at 1030 and then boom, I bank through all that. And then uh, basically I'm, I'm all wrapped up by about 11, 1130 and then I'll eat and, uh, and go train. And then the rest of the day is whatever comes up, you know, certain, some things I'll plan something like, like we're doing this right now. And, or I will three days a week, I always try to schedule lunch or dinner with friends I think that's really important, you know, to surround yourself and always be around positive people that make you better. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, people that you're going to learn something from. And then uh, then I do other stuff to better myself. You know, if I'm not improving myself, improving the business is fine and dandy, but if I'm not improving myself as well, I will get stressed out and down on myself. So I do things to improve myself. So I t- I'll take classes, I'll take lessons and things, I'll, I'll surf, I'll do, uh, you know, different things like that. And what's funny is a lot of people think, well, you're just fucking off. You're not really working. But I, I don't see it like that. I see it as the more skills I have and the more interesting of a human being I am, uh, 
the more it's going to make people want to work with me and, right. and buy my products or, or, or you know, pay for my services. And it's just going to open up a lot of doors in the future. So I see everything I do, you know, unless I'm reading like an issue of Mad Magazine or something, I see everything I do as, now I don't want to say work, but I see how it ties into the big picture, you know? Right. I mean, one of the things that, that was funny was when you had Allison on and you were talking about that you met uh, doing a class for stand-up. Yeah. And I wanted, I wanted to ask about that because it was one of those things where it's like you don't hear nobody say, hey, you know, I woke up and I decided, hey, I'm going to go take this class about doing stand-up. So I wanted <laughs> yeah. to ask, like, like being being that you've broken down your schedule, like how did that, how did that feel? Like just waking up and being like, you know what, this is – I, I've not to say that you've reached Nirvana, but like, hey, I'm gonna get up and I think I'm gonna learn how to do stand up today. Like, how 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 did that feel? Because it's because it, dude, I'm I, I'm jealous. It sounds liberating as hell, you know. Just waking up, like, yeah, all my work is done. I'm gonna go today and, like you were saying, learn how to surf or learn how to do stand up. Well, I, I think a lot of that does go back to the busy trap where you think I always thought I was too busy to do these things. I don't right. have time for this. I'm, I'm working. You know, what, what are you nuts? How, how could I do that? But then I just got more efficient with my time management, and that uh, you know that that whole morning schedule I have. That's I, I got timers going. I mean, I'm really strict <laughs> about that. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, I just get so much more work done because when you're self-employed, you could easily work all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, eighteen, twenty hours. You're not and kidding. Just constantly <laughs> be doing stuff, but you really don't get that much shit done. And then if you look at all the hours combined. How much of that was spent clicking on Facebook and Twitter and doing this and then reading an article on RollingStone.com or something and then right. l- listening to the new Eminem album and seeing if you should buy it or not. And, <laughs> but now I don't do that. So I, in those 16 hours, maybe I got the same amount of work done that now I get done by 1130 each day. So it frees up so much more time. And then the other thing is I, I just want to live a very fulfilling life, like I said, and just do things. So I prioritize. I don't want to be that guy. The only thing I could talk about is work or training. Like that sounds horrible. I don't want to be right. that guy. I want to be the guy at the party who's interesting and has hobbies and skills and and is well traveled and well read. So to me, it's important to make time for that kind of stuff. And anyone can. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, it must be nice or it's a luxury." No, you can. You totally can. You just need to get there and take the steps and be willing to do what it takes to make it happen. So yeah, the stand up thing. I just thought, man, that'd be fun. I'm, you know. I've, been a huge com- comedy fan my whole life, and uh, it's certainly a challenge. I mean, everyone's greatest fear is public speaking. I love public speaking, but the challenge of getting up there with everyone looking at you and saying, hey, make me laugh, now that's <laughs> really hard. So I got up there and uh, you know, gave it a shot. It, it, was, a, it, it was a great experience, and, and I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just online earlier looking at when the next one is because I want to get into another one, and I want to do uh, an improv class, so I'm sure that's incredibly challenging yep. as well and it can only help you you know it can only help you in, in life and in, in anything you do oh yeah i think the improv especially now that you're getting into podcasting is going to be yeah. essential i mean i when when i was in college but before i had to leave i um my college professor she um she taught speech to criminals in a maximum security prison oh wow and she was like yeah hey, listen if i can get up and speak in front of a bunch of hardened killers you can get up yeah. and you can get up and talk to, to talk to me for ten minutes. You know, yeah. it was it was weird. It was a, it was an eye opener, and it, you know, one of the things that happened doing the show, it's like, oh, I started, I, I made the jump to video, and the biggest crutch for me was, oh man, now people got to see me on the internet. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh yeah. people are gonna see me, and it was just so crazy because it's exactly that. Just if you don't take the risk, it's gonna be a, a, a woulda, you're gonna wake up just woulda, coulda, shoulda. When, yep. when you're old and gray, you know, so I, I love that you're living in the moment and just jumping out there and doing whatever it takes. And that way you feel fulfilled when 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 it's time to punch out at the end of the day, you're going to be like, yep, I did a whole bunch of awesome shit. Yep. And, and even if you suck at some of the stuff, it's still you got to yep. try. You got to push yourself. Well, you it also becomes a great story at that point. Yeah. Like, that's a story you got to share. So, you know, I, like I said, I'm I'm I'm, I'm envious of, of, of what you what you're doing. But I respect you for for making for making the time to make yourself better. I think if you don't invest in yourself, it's a recipe for failure. So you're you're doing that in spades, man. Congrats. No doubt. Thank you. So just to go into some more lighthearted stuff to kind of bring everything home. You know, I know you're a you're a big fan of hip hop. I mean, you know, being a New Yorker, that's that's the you know, it's one of those things that it's always it's always at the forefront. And I yeah. and I want, kind of want to talk about that because hip hop has evolved so much. 
and I know that it's just an integral part of of you as an individual, but it's also an integral part of your of just training and living. How do you how do you view just the change in hip hop over the last ten years? Like, do you feel that things have become? I don't even want to say, but back in my day, shit was a lot more hardcore. <laughs> but I feel that now the messages there's no real messages in hip hop now. No, there's not. No, nope. uh, everything is not- ringtone music. <laughs> yeah, but there are so, there are some people who are still doing meaningful music. Macklemore, for example. Right. Here's a guy. A lot of people think one person can't change anything, which is nonsense because one person or a small group of people have changed millions of things. Absolutely. Uh, but Macklemore, there's one person who I'm sure there's no way we can measure this, but changed a huge amount of people's views on gay marriage. Yep. And. You know, it's funny. I never had his entire album until I was in Seattle recently, and my buddy mentioned that uh, it was one of the only albums he's been able to listen to straight through over the last year. So I downloaded wow. the whole thing a week ago. I only had maybe six of his songs, and almost every song has a message. It's not about popping bottles and diamonds and right. stuff like that. And that's my problem with Jay Z. I love Jay Z. I think he's a great performer, makes great music. But now he's, I don't know, 44 or something yep. like that. Say something that matters. You got to evolve a little bit. You can't right. still be rapping about the same shit that you were in '96. Yeah, you can't rap about slinging. Listen, you can't slack, uh, rap about slinging crack when you were when you were younger, right. and you're 44 years old with a kid now. I I agree with that 100. percent It's like, dude, you gotta you gotta embrace what people are are, are talking about now. You gotta be social con- socially conscious about now. Exactly. Uh, guys like Common are still making that kind of music. Talib right. Kweli, uh, Tech Nine does some stuff like that. I'm actually a big fan of um, Kendrick Lamar. I wasn't really? at first, but yeah, I think his some of his stuff, man. I, I've heard him do some guest spots, and he's just absolutely he's blowing my mind on some stuff. But yeah, I mean, in in general, I'm not a fan of the new stuff as much nope. as I was. You know, for me. It's up until probably ninety five, ninety six. Yep, you know, those 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 are the golden years. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. I mean, uh, you know, Capone and Noriega, the War Report, um, you know, Wu Tang Clan's Thirty Six Chambers, Method yep. Man's solo album, um, you know, only built for Cuban links. A lot of big pun. Oh uh, yeah. You know, yeah. so so it, trust me, I I understand a hundred percent. Especially you taught you touched on this um, during one of your shows about how just radio for hip hop is just god awful now oh, like it, i got rid of satellite because it was ju- it started getting just as shitty i'm like <laughs> i'm like how the hell does satellite hip-hop just as shitty like i'd have to go and find like old night like an old 90s hip-hop station and even then it'd, it'd play the same 10 songs like i understand you know you want to play you know method man or you want to play um you know red man but it's like there was more back then yeah well are you old enough to remember uh stretch and bobito and oh yeah boogie and the barber <laughs> oh, that was the best. Absolutely. That was unbelievable. That was the best hip-hop on radio ever. And that was where a lot of guys got their start. That was when um, they used to have Eminem on, when he would just freestyle for 10 minutes long yep. before he ever met Dre. Yeah, well, I mean, that that's the kind of stuff. Eminem is a, is, is, is a guy who's, whose catalog I, I own just because it's like, that was music I grew up with, and it evolved. Yep. You know, like that last song, that la- the, the last video he dropped, you know, where he kind of made peace with his mom. Like, that's exactly. big, you know? That's socially conscious because it's like, yo, this is a guy yep. who hated her guts, like, for four albums, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was, it was huge, but, you know... That's I, what I, you love to see. You love to see growth and evolution in people, no matter what they're doing. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, but I wanted to kind of touch on that because, you know, it, you, you, you reference a lot of hip-hop, and, you know, I like that because it shows, again, you're... Not to say, oh, here's this ultra-successful guy and he's not, he's not one of us, you know? Yeah. So I definitely like that, and I, I just wanted to, to toss that out there. And, yeah, I appreciate um, that. Thanks, man. But yeah, I mean, evolution. Like you know, if if you look at Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson, it's like Jordan was in such a position to do so much good for people and make a change. Yep. And and then you see him, you see how he is now, and you see the statements he makes, and you see his Hall of Fame speech, and it's kind of heartbreaking for for guys. I, I personally grew up worshiping worshiping mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, and then you know it's kind of like ah, just. I don't know. You kind of you don't even like to see what what happened, and then and then Magic's doing so much good for so many people, and you you kind of want Jay and, and guys like that to step up and evolve and, and do things like that. Well, it's 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 about the whole um, you know being disappointed by your heroes. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. That, that happened. I mean, I remember once I I was 
big into into Kill Bill when it came out. I, I love Kung Fu Flicks. I remember going to a Comic Con and meeting David Carradine, and oh, he okay. was, dude, he was a complete douchebag. Like my really? wife, like my wife cursed him out, <laughs> oh, no. and I was just like. Like, like it just, it, it didn't crush me because whatever, yeah. but it's just like amazing that, you know, you, you, you not, you don't idolize these people, but you become such a fan. Then you meet them. And you're just like, wow, this, yeah. this just ruined me. Yeah. So to, to bring everything home and, you know, kind of just touch on this a little bit more, uh, you're doing renegade radio now once a week. Yep. And do you plan on going live or doing anything else? Or you just like the audio format and just at taking it as it goes. Right now, we're just taking it as it goes. I'd like to do it more often because obviously that would help me get better faster, but I don't want to get burnt out on it. I don't want to burn the audience out yet. I want to just, you know, kind of let it grow organically. I, I would eventually I could see maybe doing it live. And Oh, I'd love to know. see you do it live, man. I think I think you would kill it because it would be um, eye opening just to, you know, see to your pants. No prep, you know? Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And, uh, yeah, so I don't really have any anything set in stone yet. I'm just going to let it go and see what happens over time. Sounds good. Well, ju- just to wrap things up, of course, you can go and learn more about Jay Ferrugia by going to Jason Ferrugia, F-E-R-R-U-G-G-I-A.com to learn more about his work, more learn more about the Renegade training program, the Renegade diet, and, of course, the renegade radio podcast which you can also find on itunes we will make sure to include links for all of that in the interview notes for this week um social media uh people can find you on facebook and also on twitter as well right yep i'm at jason ferrugia and on on, uh facebook it's jason ferrugia fan page i believe yep i got i got it here yeah it is jason ferrugia fan page i'll make sure to include that in the interview notes as well um, Jason, thanks for taking time out of your schedule and taking us behind the mic. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. I enjoyed it. You've just heard my take radio behind the mic with Jason Ferrugia. To find out more about Renegade Radio, the Renegade Strength Training Program, and of course the Renegade Diet, and, and to keep up with what Jason's doing and read his blog, make sure to check out jasonferrugia.com. That's Jason and then it's F-E-R-R-U-G-G-I-A. You can also find Jason Ferrugia on Twitter at Jason Ferrugia and on Facebook as well. All those links will be in the interview notes to listen to my take radio live. You can tune in every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific by heading over to mtrlive.com or gfqlive.tv. Of course, you can find my take radio on Twitter, Facebook and Google Plus as well. Thank you guys for listening. Be on the lookout for fresh installments of My Take Radio behind the mic and My Take Radio beyond the mic in the near future. Peace.